Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we still may struggle in our intimate relationships? Yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational practices and support from trusted allies. My husband and I have a wonderful marriage, but we're not necessarily the best relationship teachers. In episode 315, I brought on the founders of the Relationship School, Jason and Ellen. They live and breathe all things relational, boundaries, conflict, owning your needs, attachment styles, and so much more. If you want to learn how to work through conflict better and communicate better, Jason is offering 50% off his Indestructible Partnerships course. Thousands of people have changed their relationships for the better with this course. Go to relationshipschool slash Laura and use the coupon code Laura to get 50% off this life-changing course. Now back to the podcast. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monday Motivation. Today's motivation is with Mark Hyman, Motivation with Mark. And it's really about our marriage and it's about any advice we have. We now celebrated 20 years of marriage. So we have a little bit of foundation to base some of our advice on. But I did ask my Instagram followers to send us questions and we got really good ones. So we'll start with that. But first of all, welcome, honey. Thank you, honey. Good to be here. (laughs) Good to be here. So first question, somebody with a very long tag TK42, why aren't you something? Says, based on previous posts, it seems you got married in your 30s. Do you think the longevity of your happy relationship is because you got married at a more mature age than in your 20s, or were you guys just compatible? Mm. Since we didn't know, well, I knew you late. We knew each other late in our 20s. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, well, I always say that I am glad we, we went to college together, but didn't meet until years later. And I always say that I am happy about that because I definitely would have blown it if I met Early on. Yeah. And I was always- Yeah. I think this is a really good point though. I think that 
there are people who successfully get married in their 20s. So I, you know, hats off to them. But I think a lot of people, the 20s is a time of individual formation, question, angst, you know, all of it. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm now officially an adult, but it isn't looking like how I pictured. I don't feel as mature. And in that, I certainly don't feel like I can cohabitate and have a union with someone. I I think that's a pretty common thought. Not, again, people that may get married in their 20s, uh, there's plenty of them that are successful. But I do think meeting somebody a little bit after that, I used to I used to say like nobody should get married until they're thirty, but uh, that's probably not very fair because there are people again who do it. I think it's individual. For me, I definitely I needed to really be on my own, quote unquote, for a little bit of time before I could better come to the table as a partner. Yeah, I, th- I think timing is a, it's all about timing. So for us. I know for me, this was the time that I, this was the right time for me to be able to be meeting you. But it's just, that's what makes, that's the magic. That's what makes it to find the right person at the right time when it's the right time for the other person. All those elements. Yeah, I think all of that. So there can be people who think they they want to get married, but it is clear their partner is not ready. And that isn't to say they might not change their mind, but there are. I think timing is is really undervalued how important it is because you can have great feelings for somebody. You can really feel love and feel companionship, but you're still working on you and whatever elements in your life or that person is is not ready to kind of not it's settle is the wrong word, but you know it, it's it's joining. You always so, say you settled, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> hardly, hardly. No, but I I, I do think like. I had to have the time to find me before we could find us. Mm-hmm, oh my God, exactly. that could be a quote. That's the people who make the, uh, the, the podcast quotes for the people, podcast people. The quote. That's an awesome one. I had to find me before we could find we. Oh, that's a good job. Yeah, High right. five, but I, it is. And like, yeah. I, I just was not at the place earlier. Again, as an actor, it's definitely a little more into what was going on with me. And then mm-hmm. at a certain point, it was just, I was ready for to be open and to make those changes. Uh, I would say another another element is that we both had come out of relationships that were kind of exhausting, that were emotionally taxing. They were they were pretty high, just high demand, high yeah. demanding people, and we were. I think we we weren't looking for a relationship as the point. So we'd come from those relationships and we're kind of pausing, and then we found each other and. It was so easy in a way. Like it was like, wow, this is how a relationship can be and should be. And that isn't to say it is always going to be easy because it's not because situations happen, conflicts happen, life happens. But if you have that, like if somebody is having a lot of conflict early on in a relationship, I'm not sure that's the person for you. I'm again, I'm not a therapist, but I would there one thing I, I have said to other people is it should there should be an ease to it. it Especially yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't feel like so much work. Mm-hmm. Like you want to put work into the relationship, but the the coupling doesn't feel like work. All right. Next question. Next is not a question. Angie Palms just says, keep on as you are. Partnerships are all about caring, sharing, and fun. And you have that, which we do. Ariel asks, how do you keep your relationship fresh and spicy? Well, we did have that spark one, right? But didn't we do? 
Yeah, we did talk about this a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, Um, I think I'll start off here. First of all, we've been together 20 years. And I think when you start in any relationship, there is this like, wow, it's been a year. I can't believe it. And, And you think 20 years just seems like such a huge amount of time. And I think when you're not with the, maybe not the right person, but you're not with somebody who is keeping you vibrant and not on edge, but like it's, it's spicy is because it's interesting and there's curiosity and there's such, there's novelty. Even though we spend so much time together, I was saying this to you the other day on our 20 year anniversary, like what's so amazing is I will never figure you out, right? You are (laughs) your own person. I'm my own person. And I love that I, there's kind of new layers. There's a lot of layers that I'm so comfortable with and I know so well about you, but there's always, so I think the novelty of just learning about your partner and about their own growth, his his or her own growth. And I think that's what keeps it spicy. And then also being intimate. You have to be, you have to be physical. We try and hug a lot. You're very, you're very touchy-feely. I think if somebody if two people were not naturally touchy-feely, it might be a little more work, but you're just such a snuggler and such a hands-on person that we just have a good spark. <laughs> well, but and I also uh to add to that, I, I do. There are times when I'm like, "Wow, we haven't really, we haven't kissed in a bit, or we haven't hugged," and you could feel that, that there's some dissonance when that happens. And sometimes it, you have to sort of, if you're with each other all the time, sometimes that like you sort of can take that for granted. And so sometimes I'm actually mentally making. I was like, "Oh wow, I haven't, I haven't touched you. I haven't like kind of give you a, a kiss because we're sort of just get into our days." But I, I would say. The other part with that, which I think is is probably the downfall of a lot of couples, especially early on, is this yearning for that early stage spark and excitement and heart fluttering, which there's there's something wonderful about that. And I guess when if you start losing that, which everyone does lose that, it just changes. It's like, and you sort of have to ride it through to the, there's other kinds of joys and sparks, but it's not the same as going on that first date, having that first kiss. There's something wonderful and exciting about that. And if you keep doing that, you never get to the other stages. So that would be exhausting, quite frankly. Yeah, always but had it that. is sort of exciting. Oh, it but is. That, that's it is. what I think people, when people uh, one reason when people are not, they're looking for that. Why is, why is this not in my life as opposed to finding what's right there and the joy of the other parts, just like we do with our kids. We don't, you know, it's not like we give up our kids when we're like, oh, we just really wanted that cute baby and that other phase. It just comes to different phases and there's different things you start appreciating about the relationship and about yourself and about the, your partner. And I think it's also expanding our idea and definition of passion. Because for me, in so many ways, I'm so much more attracted to you now than I was even then. Because that was like... And you were really attracted to me then. So this right, is exactly. <laughs> right. So, I mean, a lot of it has to do with there's all the layers I know about you and love about you. And so, like before, it was just almost a, like a superficial layer I was getting to know. So my feeling of passion and spice is that I know you so well even though I'm uncovering new things all the time, but it's a, and it's, but it's not familiar and boring. It's familiar and passionate because it's like my love for you has grown. So my love and lust for you has changed as well. And it's a, a much deeper passion 
So I think that kind of spiciness doesn't have to be like, okay, they walk in the room and you're just like butterflies, but it can be, oh, he's holding my hand and it feels, it feels so good. It just feels like all of the things like encapsulated. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, Brooke asks, how do you move through stuff you don't see eye to eye on? <laughs> Silence. <Yeah. laughs> no, well, that that is. How do you move? I'm just. Th- I'm. I'm processing. Well, I'll, question, first, I'll, so. I'm going to let you answer, but I'll first make the statement. In my opinion, I don't think we have too many things we don't see eye to eye on. We might have different approaches. We have different responses to situations, but I think you know there's a line in between that, or the spectrum in between that is pretty consistent. We see eye to eye. It's it's rarely that. There's something where you really see it one way and I totally see it on the opposite end. Again, it's often the nuances of how something is approached or um, dealt with, but you, yeah. yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, one thing recently where I know we don't, we didn't see eye to eye on is, is you think it's okay to cheat at Boggle and I, and I don't think that's so okay. If you do it, I knew he's going to bring. I knew he's going to bring it in. Okay. You do it on a fairly regular basis. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's okay, no, even don't. at family games, to cheat. I don't. No, but uh, I don't cheat. Uh, she does. No, I don't. She okay. really does. She we goes over time. We don't see eye to eye on that. But besides that, I do think that when it's sort of giving space for the other person and knowing the other person's. In general, we're coming. We're both coming from a place of of wanting what's what's best and doing right, and a place from love. And when occasionally it's not, and sometimes we don't see eye to eye, because one person had a really bad day and was just snappy and was obnoxious, and it does happen usually with Laura. Um, <laughs> Never, but, no, no. But we we have have those moments, and then it's just sort of being okay with that. But we're not when you're with someone all the time. You're not always going to be at your best, and you know, if you bring it up at the, the right time, then, then then we sort of learn from it and, and we grow and, and we move on and, and not, not be so serious about everything. Things are, you know, in general, things are great. So those little things you learn to sort of either accept or discuss if it needs to be discussed. Yeah. I mean, I really think for relationships to hold on to their strength and value and security and all the things you have to let go, you have to, you know, forget the stuff that, that you, I don't want to say that you don't see eye to eye on, but you have to forget those moments that are tough because we know there's going to be tough moments. But, and I have struggled with this personally. I think I've gotten a lot better, but I used to really hold on to things much more than Mark. Mark was That's just because you have a better memory than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's too. But that's part of it, yeah. But you know, that, that in, the, in, the, um, in the long game, that's just not going to serve anybody to kind of bring up something that happened five, 10 years ago as part of your strategy. First of all, it shows that there's not a lot of material if you're reaching that far back, but it's just not playing fair. So I think learning how to have arguments, having debates, having bantering, bickering, whatever, but not wanting to hurt the person. You know, I think that's at its level. If you don't see eye to eye, but you don't want to hurt, you don't want to hurt somebody just because they don't see it the same way as you do. Let it go. Let it, let go. it go. Yeah. You have to sort of yeah. let it go and be in yeah. the present. So right. if you're, if you're, if you're harping back to things, you're not in the present and you sort think of, we're like, both, you haven't really yeah. addressed the stuff and yeah. then you've got stuff you got to work out because you haven't addressed it if you're bringing it up. Yes. I think we're both very optimistic in general. 
So this is something too, if you're kind of an optimist, but you're pairing yourself with somebody who's more pessimistic, that could work, but it could also not. Because I think the reason having more of an optimistic outlook, we remember the positive things. So when we're going through something that is more like more of a struggle or feels heavy, or it's not like we're like, oh, we got to fuck this, give this up. You know, it's like, oh no, you know, we're going to, we're going to ride this because mostly everything's good. And I think that comes from an optimistic outlook and a good relationship. Mm -hmm. So I hope we answered your question, Brooke. Next question is from Yoga with Magdalena. It has four parts to it. Um, What's your experience with power dynamics over the time? You come across as a very equal couple. Has it always been like this or were there any times where one of you felt that they were giving slash investing more than the other? How long do you think it is healthy to go on with an imbalance? Mm. Mm. I think that's a good question. That's a great question. I mean, I, I think this is not something you can weigh. Like you can't be like 150 grams, 155 grams, right? But you can sense, if you sense there's an imbalance, then that might be something, just a little warning sign. Like if it's a consistent imbalance, like we were having a discussion with a friend of ours who has had some of this in a relationship. And it's like, if you're always the one that's giving or always the first one to, even if you love doing that, even if that's part of your nature, that doesn't mean the other person shouldn't like show up and give some as well. Um, Because there will probably be the imbalance in that someone might be more of a giver. Mark is more of a demonstrative giver than I am. But I am a giver in different ways too. I think I'm giving in a consistent way. I like kind of just am always present and hold, you know, I don't hold grudges against him and ignore him or something. You know what I mean? Like, so our giving is different. Um, the power dynamics is, I mean, we're so lucky. It's really equal from what we do as a partner loving wise to what we parent as. It's it's very, it's equal. There's times where it's more lopsided and Mark, and it's usually Mark is doing more. And he will ask, he'll, he'll ask for help. He'll say, you know, I'm really doing a lot of the work. Can you help out or something? Yeah, I, I say, uh, that's what I was going to say is, I think when we have had those kind of dynamics, it's probably, I would imagine in relationships, in male-female relationships, at least that's what I know more, it's probably usually stereotypically more Like that a heteronormative relationship. Heteronormative, yeah. He has the, typically might have the woman more giving or asking for more. And I think we have, if anything, it's been, the when it's, it's been the, mm-hmm. it's definitely been the opposite where I've had to, and there are times partially because of our different, where our work is in our lives is important to both of us, but where we were from the very beginning, what you wanted out of your, your work life and what I wanted was very different and what, what part it was for us. So I think it's the, the key is for the person, and I'm assuming it's like the person it's usually an issue for is the person who feels like he or she is giving more, not the, the other person. Yeah, I was right. like, hey, I'm... I'm that this feels good. I think the importance is communication, and but in a communication and not in a way that's going to become defensive, but in a communication in which I have done in a way of just expressing, you know, that it's from a place of, of love and caring and wanting to be a good partnership and just being open about how you're feeling about about things. And I, you you have when I have because you sort of get sometimes you might get wrapped up in things. You sort of come to the table and are, you know, 
are ready and, and we make we make yeah. but that's happened you know over right. the time that's that's going to happen it's tended to and part of it i think is our energy i just like i have more hours in my day than you have in your day mm-hmm. so the things that i might be doing at 5 in the morning so by the time you're up i've already done them well then you have you have, you're starting that day at that time I have to so do my stuff, you have to do right. those when i'm ready to to be to be together but i, I think it's it's all just about speaking it, it can't stay that way if it stays that way then you know you have to Thing, things either change or then you're not in the right relationship because the person's not hearing you that of, of what your needs are. And I would add to that. I do think it's important to know that if you're not married, if you are married, you're, you know, I'm a, I'm a big commitment person. Like if you made the commitment to get married, I really believe you should make the commitment to try and work things through. Mm-hmm. But I also think you have to give yourself a break in realizing like we can't change anyone. Mm-hmm. People are who they are. And yes, I think one reason our marriage is very successful is that we have both grown because we wanted to for each other. And because we came to like, you know, we are best parts brought the other parts out. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that well, but it's just, you will show up more because you want to. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to be Mark. I'm not going to be like he wakes up in a way he's programmed to be thinking of other people. He thinks of himself too. Of course you take care of yourself, but, and I'm not, that sounds really rude. Like I don't wake up thinking that way, but I'm waking up thinking more globally than that. And so, but I have shifted because I want to, I want, obviously my, my family is important. So some things I ask myself when I'm in the trenches of really working and Mark has in the past said like, wow, you just you know, need to pay more attention to us and like home life. I think in 20 years, am I going to regret not doing what I'm doing now work-wise or am I going to regret not being fully present? It's always that, you know, that you, I would regret being not fully present. So I would say I'm, I've been mostly very present, but a lot of that has to do with Mark holding the bar high for me and not guilt tripping either, you know, just, so I think it's a balance of encouraging more from someone, but also realizing they may not ever change. So it's and, like- And some of it is when that happens in a relationship. If that's early in a relationship yeah. and you're having those, those power struggles, that's, that's problematic. I, I always, yes, I get Right, so, so it's, it's sort of like, and we were speaking to this mutual friend about this the other day, about, it's like, Trust that inner radar of like, if you have the same things and it keeps coming up, you can't keep pushing that down. There's a reason why that's there. And you have to, it's like, maybe that's probably not something that's going to be going away. If it's something that's farther, uh, when it's further along in the relationship and things just because of life changes and work changes and family changes, you know, you're going to go through these, these, uh, peaks and valleys where someone's going to be overwhelmed. And then, then it's just bringing, you know, sharing what, what your feelings are. But if it's early, that's, that's a problem. That was what you said. And I thought yep. that was so great. It's like, if that inner radar is like saying, hmm, this and is kind of a consistent thing that comes stuff. up yep. and you're just dating, like, believe me, it's not going to change when you get married. It'll probably get worse. So speaking of being different in terms of some things, uh, made with Ohm asked, do you guys have major sleep differences? How do you manage that? Example, I'm sleepy two hours before my hubby. We don't have major sleep differences except that Mark wakes up two hours plus before I do. 
which only benefits me. <laughs> so I'm not going to, it doesn't, I think if one of us was staying up till one in the morning the, and that would be an, maybe it would be an issue. It would just, it, that would be weird if you had really. Completely. I'm the ones like, like really we tend early to go to bed around the, around same, the same time. Day. You might stay up a little. I probably fall if we're either yeah, watching you, something. Right. I'll fall asleep because I go to bed. Because you get up so early. Right. He gets so up might, between 4.30 and 5. You might be up like an hour later, but we're probably in, at least in bed together. Mm-hmm. I might read in bed you and you're falling in bed asleep. And yeah. I'm falling asleep. We're sort of, um, you know, nine to 10, we'll probably be typically in bed, either reading, talking, or other things. <laughs> but but then you, you tend to, to stay stay up and I'll I'll Right, because you right? get up so much earlier. And then I'm up at, I like to get up. I just naturally wake up sometime between 4 and 5.30 and I'll work out. And then I just have my private, my time to myself and get some stuff done. Can And then I bring, you know, get your coffee in bed and we have a little chance to talk then. So it isn't really, I mean, that's, that's just who I, we are. I think I it know. works actually for us in a lot of ways. I think if you have different hours and it's not working for you, if it's pulling you away from each other, time together, energy, that I could lead to a conflict. But for us, it's been it's been fine. It's been great. But we also have time during the day where we could have lunch together. So if yes. someone's gone, we both okay. So right? we should so say that right. If someone's done nine. We are to together six. a lot, meaning not together like talking together, but we are around. We both have worked out of the house. Or for ourselves, um, even when I had the studio, I would, I would go and I would be gone maybe four or five hours or I'd at the come most. Come in and help a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he would and, come in. So we, yeah. pretty much every day of our married existence, we're we're near each other, you know. And so, and that's lovely. A lot of people couldn't do that. They they would. We've had so many friends who are like, my, there's no way I could have my spouse. We could be around each other all the time. We would drive each other crazy. I don't think you know until you do it. In some ways, it makes it easier because. You don't have that very concentrated time at the end or beginning of the day where you're going to kind of fit it all in. And along with that, when you have kids, it becomes like, you know, list of things to do. And the marriage coupling part of it sometimes is pushed to the side. So for us, I think it's, it's worked really well. I think also, as I'm just I'm thinking about it. Um, I think something that I, I like at, at night, even if we're not at the same, if one's awake and one's asleep, there's something really... I like having you next to me. If, if I could just have my hand on 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 your back or, or something, so that that connection, it doesn't have to be a verbal connection. A lot of times at night, it, it's not. But it's if we're close and we're in the same space, as opposed to yeah, we have opposite schedules, and I'm going to bed and you're off, and you don't come in till like eleven or twelve. That. To me, like I don't like it when those when that happens. I'd rather right, have because you, you're kind of disappear. Yeah, like you're you, sort yeah. of in the same space. There, there's a connection, even if there's not a a verbal connection. There's there's just a physical connection, which is nice. So, speaking of the work stuff, Rachna asks, "How do you ensure your successful passion for lit doesn't affect love and respect?" I think what she's saying, "How do you ensure your successful passion like how, for lit?" Yeah doesn't affect love and respect. Like for uh, maybe between us. Yeah, I would imagine that's sort of like... I think it's... Well, Mark has been... I'll, I'll answer and then you can answer. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's been an issue at all because Mark has been such a cheerleader for my work and evolution since the beginning. And, you know, when the kids were little, I didn't work that much. I taught yoga maybe five hours a week. And then the rest of the time, we were caretaking our kids. Mark was working about... Uh, you know, 
probably more than you more no, than I was that. Like but fifteen to or he was working like twenty. Maybe he was maybe working. But I was in the house fifteen so. to twenty hours a week, and so we had a lot of time together. And then as we got busier with our work and our kids were getting older, you know, we we just got more organized about our time. But he's been so so supportive the entire way, and my passion for my work could only be that way because I see, you know. Sometimes he doesn't want to talk about yoga, for sure. But, <laughs> you know, he's he's excited because I'm excited. Even yeah. if he's not interested per se in yoga, he's excited for my passion. Right. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I always said like, I I don't love yoga. I love Laura teaching yoga. So, and I, I, I love seeing Laura be successful. So that part is, uh, I take great pride in Laura and her business and how much she's done. And so, and I've been able to help in, in ways and give, so I've been able to, so there's a piece of it. It's not completely separate where I could be a part of it in, in, in small pieces when I, when I, or sometimes bigger pieces. And then when it's, when it's not, and there, there definitely have been times when I've come to him like, hun, do you like the priority we need to, it's getting a little bit out of whack. It's like, I, I either, you know, you're, you do need to prioritize sometimes our walks or something. If sometimes like, and sometimes your schedule like, you just got to find a way to sit, to fit it in because we need that or if something with the kids and I could point out because you can get really zoned in sometimes and we all need that. We can get zoned in on something and not see like, be like, hey, hun, we got to make time. Like Jonah has a game. We really need to and you have to and we both need that. Sometimes we sort of get so set in what has to get done that we do lose the big picture of like, okay, if I'm looking back, no, that's of course more important, but we don't see it and so to have each other be able to be those reminders of what we know that we really want. Again, and it's it's not taking it personally. It's it's yes, understanding where it's right. coming from, uh, and then just being able to, to voice it in a way which we don't always do, and then it doesn't usually work out well if you know if one's doesn't present it in the in the right way uh, that it can be easily heard. But when it is, you know, then it's coming. Yeah, from I think a place the key is again that if you really support your partner in his or her growth, whatever it is, professionally, personally, but also at the same time, keep them in check with making sure that they're involved in the ways they need to be. I think that it's a win-win. You know, it really is. So thank you, honey. You're welcome. I always thank you for that. Okay, so Vanessa Paletta asks, share how one or both of you changed in a big way and how you choose or chose to grow together. Well, the easy one for me is like, I didn't even know what a vegan or vegetarian was before we met, which is pretty crazy, the times. I can't imagine someone, but that was back in the late 90s. And I still should have, but like I had never met a vegetarian or vegan. So, but I wanted to, I wanted to learn about it because I, I, you know, when we biked across the country and I was sort of just started eating like you. And then it's interesting. We were just listening to this, this book about the four or watched the book about the four tendencies. And so like when I have, if I understand something and I have like the expectations sort of set externally, internally, I'm a whole, I could buy in completely. So I think I actually jumped on board even more than you did at the very beginning. We're going from vegetarian to vegan. And then we both, both are, but that's probably that, that awakening of uh, compassion towards other sentient beings and how that's led down the path towards my becoming a humane educator. And like, that was, hundred percent different from where I was a day before we had our first date to, you know, 
when we got married, even right, then, and I your willingness. And so, yeah. by the way, I was vegetarian; he was not, but I didn't, you know, ask him to be vegetarian. He was curious on his own, and and once he started learning about it, continued to learn, and then we became vegan together, and that was almost twenty years ago. Yeah, I would say I was thinking back because I was like, what is you know, I'm thinking nothing really changed for me, but I do have <laughs> one thing just popped in my mind. And it's that, so I, w- I grew up Christian. He grew up Jewish. We both had a pretty institutionalized type or organized religion, not inst- but organized religion background where I went to Sunday school, was confirmed, did all that. He was, went to uh, he was bar mitzvahed. And so when we met, we both were fine with being, you know, but from two religious backgrounds. And then when we got married, our marriage ceremony was composed of both elements. It was really lovely. We didn't get married by an official of either religion, but a family friend who mixed everything in. And it was, it was really beautiful. And I would say once we had kids, we, I asked Mark, I was like, do you want to raise them Jewish? He said, no. And so I remember like maybe the second Christmas, I was like, oh, I really want to get a Christmas tree. And you had this reflex super strong reflex. And you're like, we're never going to have a Christmas tree in our house. And I remember thinking, whoa. Now, if I, my first reaction was, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you can't tell me what, you know, like I immediately was thinking like anger back. Like he's telling- I don't telling, know that I was said it that strongly. Well, you said it but, pretty strongly. Like yeah, we're never yeah. going to have a Christmas tree in my house. So okay. by the way, let me give the end story, which is we have Christmas trees in our house every year now. So the point is that by not by realizing that it wasn't about the Christmas tree and was about memories that I think you had being like one of the few Jewish kids in the area and like seeing Christmas trees and that was a very otherness type thing. And you were really not about this, these kind of markers that, you know, our relationship was so, such a union of openness. I think it was more of a memory it wasn't the Christmas tree per se, but that my growth came because I got a little sad because I grew up with Christmas trees and I thought, well, maybe I'll never have a Christmas tree. We went to my parents' house for many years, so it didn't really matter. But what it was is that I just let him kind of settle into, it's actually fun having a Christmas tree and it doesn't have a religious meaning. And I think whatever those early feelings you had had about the significance or what a Christmas tree symbolized went away. So I think it's just about Sometimes your partner will respond with something strong and you have to look past it and say like, where is this coming from? This is not the issue. The Christmas tree is not the issue. Yeah. So, so just for those keeping score, yeah. I completely changed my ethics. For, <laughs> that was my big change. And Laura gave me a couple of years without a Christmas tree. That was her big change. <laughs> well, and no. then let me come around. No, okay. So let me let me just fill in. So, <laughs> so you still oh, didn't give me, you didn't really change there. But, well, um, no, I changed the, the sense changed that me. I never, no, that uh-huh. I was okay with not having a Christmas tree. Can so, I, let me, I just need and, to, to correct yes. a couple okay. of things. This is sure. going out there. Okay. One, the, the Christmas tree was issue was more because my parents were coming around. I, I was I, sensitive, sensitive yeah. to my dad being in the Holocaust and, and the family. And I just, I felt and that your this mom is not, converted to Judaism. My mom converted so she to super, Judaism. Yeah. We were never home for Christmas. I was like, hey, I'm all about Christmas. Let's, we're going to be going to your mom's anyway. Let's do that there so we don't have friction in the house. I did, this is not part of my tradition. And if we're going to be spending that there, then I think that that we could at least, and then as they as things got older, it was it was easier and that was fine. But that was really more 
out of respect for my parents who were very close and were coming by and their history and stuff. And, and we're and disappointed we were to, that we weren't raising the kids yeah. Jewish. So, and, and then the, yeah, the other part about that. the Judaism was not, was more, my feeling was not that I definitely wanted them to have Jewish tradition, but I didn't want to be a, one of those Jews who was raising their kids and wanting them to go go to Hebrew school and go through what I did, which was, was great. That was from where my parents, but my parents were a lot more religious. And I was, I don't go to synagogue on the weekends and it just didn't feel right to me to send my kids and, and ship them off for religion if we were not practicing the religion in the home and having Sabbath every Friday night and going uh, going to synagogue. I just didn't feel that was, that was fair to, to them. Now, when I grew up, my parents were were religious and we had a more religious upbringing. I just didn't want that or feel the need for that. So I didn't want them. It wasn't like I was against Judaism as much as I just felt like I need, if I was going to do it, I needed to have ownership of being a part of that. And since I didn't, I just didn't feel uh, I wanted to respect some of the traditions and teach them the traditions and some of the values, but not push this on them in something that I wasn't doing. So, And by the way, when we did our pre-marriage counseling, one of the, we had, we got great scores, <laughs> which is, I highly recommend that because- It's like a communication test. They really do a good marriage counselor who happened to be my minister growing up, who is a wonderful person, did a lot of the communication stuff so that you could recognize like this person is wired differently than you. And this is how- The personality We did the Myers-Briggs. Yeah. We did some other, we scored like the highest some on some like communication tests. Yeah. Test. So that's, that's, that really boded well for us. Yeah. But the other, but the thing he said, he goes, the only concern I have is that you are, you know, you're interfaith marriage and those are typically can be very challenging. That'll probably be your biggest challenge. And what I will say is I appreciated he said that, but it's actually been the least challenging thing. I mean, it really- Because it wasn't such an important part of our, our values and our ethics were less based on religion than just the overarching, our like overarching, the code of yeah, ethics, code yes. of it, and what what was important, which I think to is us. universal in all religions, yeah, so, yeah, exactly, and and what we've done from elsewhere. But since it wasn't so codified in um, in the religion, I think that and that Mark sort of has a saying like you, and the saying is what is no, it's like, I don't know. What like, oh my gosh! And <laughs> the saying is um, not you get what you get. The um, you say you mean what you say, and you say what you mean, or what oh, is it? Yeah, you say what? Yeah. And so I think that's what like, you say is what you mean. What you say is that's what, what I you mean. You, don't, you can hear me as like a little a little boy. I always used to say, "What you say is what you mean." <laughs> when people would say, they would say, "It was like I didn't mean that." I know what you say. Right. It is like and I your think words. Your, words yeah. ma- it's, I've words matter. Been, actions words matter. matter. And I think um, that again, um, speak our, kindness and yeah, that our our religion is our kindness for all beings. So, well, that was an interesting. Question, Vanessa. Yeah. I guess I didn't answer it as successfully as Mark, but I feel like that was a big one because you might not remember as strongly as I do because you had a very strong reaction. I, no, I'm not saying that. And I his didn't memory have a is reaction. not as good as mine. I, I don't. So. I just don't see how that, that was your, your. We'll move on, but okay. I don't really see how that was a that big was change my, in I, you. I was trying to think <laughs> big change in me. I don't yeah, know. Okay. We'll, say. we'll um, let you guys can decide. <laughs> yes. So, made with them did ask, "Do you have couples in your circle married that long?" Todd and I feel it's rare. She, she and her husband Todd have been married twenty three years. Oh. we actually have a majority of our friends are still married, and yeah. have been married twenty ish years. Well, even even ones who haven't, like fifteen to yeah. the, maybe, um, maybe the ones who are a couple years after us. Yeah, like we have a few friends, friends that are divorced, but 
you know, most of our friends in our friend circle are married. And I, I do think that, and all my brothers are married. So I have three brothers. They're all still married. <laughs> I don't mean still married, but you know what I mean. They're married <laughs> and they are all married anywhere between 15 and 23 years. So I do think that, you know, it's, it's interesting because I had never like craved marriage and, and this, it's like some girls, maybe guys too, just kind of grow up thinking, I can't wait to be married. Like our daughter is like that. You know, she's, mm-hmm. I she think- She used to make wedding dresses. Right, I mean, she's just like, like she talks about having kids and I just never was that person. And so I do think it's really important whoever you do pair with that you do think of the institution of marriage as very sacred because it is. It's a huge commitment and yet it's a joyful commitment. It's really like you're, you're taking a leap of faith and yet that leap is safe because hopefully you have a real good sense of the person and who they are and how they're going to treat you and how they're going to be 20 years later. You know, it's not like I got any big surprises from Mark. I mean, I saw him, you know, in all it's his right, glory. I, I have all these new onion shapes or peels that peels. I continue you to do. Peel. You do. Yes. No, but, yes. Um, I would say, I was thinking about this the other, other day that, again, I'm reading this book. It's a lot of, I mean, some about the people you're around and the, and the person and how you value each other, but how is, is the person, what does the person think about like sticking to things? I think one thing you always knew about me is like, I will stick to something. I will give it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to push through, I'm going to work through. Now there's a point at which maybe you don't, you know, there's a point at which, okay, you did everything and, and it's not, you can't because it takes two. But if you're with someone who's not like that, who's not going to really push through the tough times and work through the tough times and put the effort and the work into it, those kind of traits are, I don't think that changes. I think you're either someone who will, who's going to work through it because it's going to be work. There are going to be times, there are, there are low times. There are going to be times where you really don't like each other. And that's my change. There's Vanessa's question. It just <laughs> you know, came, I think, right? Because one of Mark's- You were ready to, to not, not stick with it. <laughs> no, but one of Mark's early worries or concerns was that I was a fleer. Like yes. I, because I don't like conflict. It right. is like, I, I would, I, it almost makes me want to vomit. I just don't like conflict. It doesn't mean I don't have anger and it doesn't mean I don't show you anger, put off. but I don't yeah. like conflict. And that- that's a good quality, but it's not always a good trait because it can, you know, lead to um, stuffing things down or holding on to things and then exploding or not looking for resolution, just looking for an exit. So for me, my biggest change I think has been that (laughs) being married and being very committed and in love with Mark, I really had to have some tough conversations with myself because I could go down this road of, in the past, if I had any issues with a boyfriend, even if we were in a serious relationship, I'd be like, you know what? Forget this. <laughs> you know, I, I really would, I, I, I could easily be deterred if it felt like there was just a lot of conflict and it just was going to exhaust me. And so that was me though. That was me not saying like, hey, guess what? Conflict is going to happen. Like get okay with it, you know, as opposed to avoid it so much that when it does happen, it feels overwhelming and then you want to leave. Then you want to get out of there. So I think that has been, wouldn't you agree? That has been a big change. I have been able to communicate much more when something is bothering me. I think I hold on to things less. I I don't think there's long periods of time I go and then just explode or something. So 
Yeah, there's my change. There's your change. There it came. You it's it not in. just the Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know where that that we it, were. You you when no, you started talking, is, but, yeah. But you were uh, you were starting you were talking about yeah, like um yeah the question was just about the being with somebody. Oh uh, yeah, the marriages, yeah, yeah. Was, like long term marriages. It's, it's it's more about being some being with someone who's willing to to ride out the high, highs and lows. And you could sort of figure that out, the type of people who will stick stick with it and push and, and push on, knowing that there's, n- not if it continues and it just it stays that into two people are not wanting to work on it. But, you know, it, it, there's, there's work. There's work in, involved. And there's, there's a sense of, you know, being okay that the other person's not always going to be what you want or need, but know that you're going to be able to come back, that there's going to be highs and lows just as in anything, in, in any job, in any relationship, and someone who's going to be able to be willing and wanting to stick it out because knowing that that in the end, it's it's there's a lot of wonderful uh, parts to doing so. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I do think it gets sweeter with time. I think yeah. there are times that early in the marriage, middle, there can be really some tough moments. And then when you get through those tough moments, add kids in there and it becomes tougher, for sure. Yeah. It becomes amazing and joyful, but way tougher because you're dealing with little persons and then your own little person, your own little kid self comes out. Yeah, how you were raised differently. And, and you parenting. really have yeah. to resolve those things. And we have worked on that. That's actually where probably our biggest conflict has come up with parenting. Oh, definitely. I mean, before- I think it, with most people, yeah. there's a difference in then how to respect someone else's different ways because you both love this being or these beings so much mm-hmm. and yet might have a different approach to the way to handle situations. And it's how to respect that and not, not you know, stomp on the way someone else is doing something, even if it's different. And, and you know, it's, it's how to be a better, you become a better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. That. I mean, yeah. we were just giving our daughter advice the other day and my afterwards, Mark was saying like, you were really kind of emotional with that. And he was actually way better because he was just really seeing both sides and all sides of the issues she was talking about. And I was just more emotional, like mama bear, like, yeah. and then, you know, 24 hours later, I'm sitting there pulling leg hair on him, <laughs> telling him, because he's over-explaining something and she's yeah. getting irritated. Just a, a different things you know, so where we, we, just, we help each other out. Yep. We help each other out for sure. So let's end this by, let okay. me ask you a question. You can ask okay. me a question. So my question would be easy. For anybody out there who's listening, what are three things that people should really look for in a partner that you think like these are the three things that really matter? And obviously, Wait, you're matter- saying that's easy. The three- no, it's not easy. You just said the yeah, that's easy. Um, I think so. Did I say it was easy? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, but I mean, there, there yes. are lots. Three um, things you think that if people are like, what should I look for in a partner? And whether it's they have someone that they started dating, they've been with somebody for a while. Or they're looking for somebody in the future. What are what are some what are three kind of traits you think, or three tips, whatever three you want to tips. say? Tips. Wow, that's these are so many different. I, I mean, know there are things like where I feel like our so much is that we our values are like ultimately where we want to put what we think is even important financially, which is usually a oh, big we, yeah that big, could be a whole a podcast. huge issue. Oh my gosh, of like where you put our, our, our money, and I think some of that it, while it seems. It seems so superficial, but that's usually one of the biggest trigger in relationships. And it's so a non-issue what, with us because we totally we both see the same thing. See yeah. eye to eye, and like just going through of like what we value, where we want to put our energy, where we want to put our money. That makes a big, big difference because it it, it determines 
What we, we buy things all the time. What are we buying? What are we going to be doing with our time? That so that would be. I, don't, I think it's one element. So that that'll be my first one. Is like very good. Is where what your uh, your sense of value for finances and what you do. I think that says a lot about a person. And if you are completely divergent on those, I think that's a sign for trouble. And uh, because that's going to be you're going to have issues all the way through it if you can't, you know, if you don't see if you're not materialist or you don't think, see the value and fancy clothes and your partner loves clothes and there's always getting new clothes, that's going to be a constant. And you're like, hey, that's what about our trip that we wanted to do to be, you know, so there's where you put your value on whatever it is, as long as you're simpatico to some extent, I think that's one. So that's one for me. You go. I'm not going to. Oh, we're alternating. Yeah, well, then we maybe. have to do four, not three. Why? Well, then, oh, you're going to have the last one. Okay. So, it's so um, alternating. that's fine. <laughs> um, so I would say on that regard, whoever you're with, you want to feel like you could take that person anywhere and be happy slash proud that you're with them and that they, in other words, your family um, enjoys being with them. And you, and that, you know, like the circle, I, I know people who are coupled with others and they just don't always get along with certain parts of their life. But it's like, if you can take your partner anywhere and they can really be a part of the life and you can... That's where I, th- I I can't imagine being with someone who did not embrace my family and my friends and were equally embraced by my family and friends. I think that's a huge thing that's also overlooked. You know, it doesn't mean like you're going to like every friend or they're going to, you know, but but everyone loves you, Mark. You know, it's like my family Aww. loves you. You know, my my dad loved you. Mm-hmm. I paid them a lot of money. <laughs> Thank um, you for making See, yeah. he likes me slap before I get emotional. <laughs> but I think... It, you know, there are people who are really good in a bubble and then you get them in real life with other elements of their life and the partnership doesn't work out so much. And I think that's, to me, that's a red flag. Like you want that yeah. partner to be able to be in all parts of your life. Maybe, again, you're not you're not a yogi, you don't, but it, was, it wasn't like you wouldn't come to yoga class or couldn't vibe with the yogis or whatever. You know what I mean? Even if it's not like where you want to spend a lot of your time, I could take you anywhere and it wouldn't be an issue. And I just think those things that it says a lot more about, you know, it's, it's a lot of adaptability, but it's also caring and that the person is, cares about the people you value in your yeah. life as well. And with that, this is, I won't take this as one of mine, but in that same vein is like, if you're, how do the people not only treat the people, your family and friends, but I think it's like, how do they treat just the person who's serving you, who's doing it, do you, do you see mm, that? Yeah. I, I think you could you learn just as much about someone's values that way and how you simpatico. I mean, hopefully you're not both really obnoxious to people who are serving you, but that that's, or uh, in any service, whether it's a restaurant or someone who's doing something for you, that's sort of, uh, are you the same in how you want to treat others? So yes. yeah, whether they're family or friends or not. Okay. So I would say someone, another trait, that I would look for is someone who makes me feel good about me because we have so many difficulties in life that if you don't have someone who's like pulling you up when, when you're going to be down, it's, uh, you're going to make me be... cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's important. We're oh, all yeah. going to have downs. And, and if someone's not there and can see is like, man, and can just either naturally, or you want the person to be able to, to lift you up. So 
that's someone and someone who cares to do so, who mm-hmm. could see that because they have to be seeing you to be able to to do that. So that's what I'd say. Yeah, you want to feel, you never want to feel lonely in a relationship. You know, people can be with people and be lonely. Yeah. And that's that's part of it is even if you're struggling or you're sad or having your down days, you don't want to feel alone in that, you, you know? So thank you, honey. Yeah. I love you. So all of you out there. Oh, um, do you, what? You, wait, what? We're I, supposed to do I three. Said, I you said three did tips. one. I did. You did two. I did one. That's oh, three. I thought we were each doing That's why three. I said four. I thought we were doing. Th- oh, three oh, each. Okay. No, that would, be, that would be a long podcast. Yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah. how okay. people feel. We'll do do you- I would say with the, then let me just tag okay. on what I was going to say. And then uh, with that, and then well, I know this has been long. Um, so I would say it's something that's different for us and based on our sense of humor. Like to me, I need someone who's going to think I'm funny. And I think you need someone to be fun. Yes, right, right? it worked out really well. It, it worked out because you you like that I make it like if you made me laugh, that would be great. But to me, it's more important that you find me funny. It's like, <laughs> so it's the time of a person. Like to me, it's like, I've got, yeah. I'm not as extroverted. So if I'm introverted, I'm not out there as much. So I need like my one audience member <laughs> at least to be enjoying, enjoying and it. And you make me laugh every day. Yeah, so that's, that's what so I So actually, say. if somebody like said what what's you need, important, yes. it's what, what yeah, depends whatever. on the person, what you need. That's what I need. And it's what you need. So, And I need laughter. Like, Thank God you're yeah. also hot, but you know, okay. at the end of the day, you you're hotter because you're so funny. There you go. So there you go. So all right. Well, love you. And love thank you. you guys for listening. We did not get to all your questions. You can always write me if you want to have we can have Mark on again and babble about our marriage and <laughs> give you any like non-professional advice. But we're trying hard. And that's the thing, is we're trying hard and we're trying, trying together. And I think uh, that's what really elevates any relationship. Thank you. As always, I'm pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.